Have you ever wondered to yourself, you know, why the Bank of Canada does these announcements several times a year and, and what the impact actually is to you when it comes to your finances and your mortgage? Well, maybe you don't, but maybe you should. And I don't think that you have to necessarily pay attention to every single detail of every announcement. But if you're checking out this episode right now, we're going to help you understand specifically what was brought up recently and how that potential um, forecast might change how you feel about your strategy or not at all. Either way, we summarize some key details about uh, actual Bank of Canada announcement, which didn't really have a specific change, but definitely a change of tone. So the questions people are asking are, should we be worried about interest rates? Should we be locking in? Should we not? What's our strategy? What about just generally speaking, lending and real estate in the long haul. And we tried to tackle those as best as we could in this episode, talking about what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, and just long-term strategies that make sense in any situation when it comes to real estate. Guys, if you're enjoying this episode, make sure to leave that iTunes review. We got a great one coming up here today from YVR Flower Girl. And as a reminder, we send out one of these badass Thrive Mortgage Co. cups, and we got some new ones, plus a nice, uh, nice bag of coffee from Republica. Today, YVR flower girl send us a dm by the way yvr flower girl so we can get you that coffee said as first time buyer has a first time home buyer the yvr remo show breaks down so much valuable information for my first purchase i learn something new every time i listen each episode leaves me wanting more now that makes me feel damn good because honestly when i got started in lending and uh you know before i formed this company but even just formed my own company uh you know one of my primary goals and objectives was to find more ways to give more value than I ever received. And that's what this podcast is all about. So if you're loving the podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review or share this with a friend or a family member because that is so important to us. Now, if you want to find out more about lending strategies and if you want to get pre-qualified or work with us, go to our website, thrivemortgage.ca, hit us up on Instagram so we can see if it's a good fit to help and support you. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode and we'll talk to you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Okay, so the Bank of Canada recently had an announcement. And, you know, this isn't something unreasonable because the Bank of Canada does announcements all the time. And the big meetings that they have are essentially, if you don't know, eight times a year. And this is where they look at policy changes, adjusting interest rates, and a variety of other factors. Um, we typically would go on and, and talk about these things if they actually make a change. But what's notable about the Bank of Canada's most recent announcement is, is what they did say about when they might make potential changes. And it's starting to make waves among the industry, um, among consumers, among businesses, trying to understand what exactly it all means. So we're not going to try and break down everything because there's a lot there. But I think the goal here today in the conversation we're going to have is about what we're seeing on a day-to-day -day basis and try to decipher a little bit about uh, what they're talking about, what they're suggesting, what you should continue doing with your mortgage. Should you be buying? Should you be selling? Should you be investing? And just doing our best to give you guys some information from our level and the ground floor to help you out. Um, Dean, 
We were just talking this morning here for a little while about the recent announcement. Do you want to just give uh, the the listeners here a little bit of a heads up to what it was and maybe just a, a broad perspective of what the suggestions are? Yeah, the big takeaways for, for, for me was just the fact that they have changed their predict, prediction on when they potentially will raise rates and, and the overnight lending rate is, is what we're talking about here. So they're we, I mean, for pretty much the entire pandemic, we've been hearing about 2023, towards the end of 2023 is when we could start to see a correction and start to get the rates going back up again. Uh, they've they've changed that and they've adjusted it towards the end of 2022 and potentially even earlier. So potentially even earlier in 2022, they could start to look at, at raising rates. Now, that's a big takeaway for me because obviously it's a, it's a, it's a complete change it's a full year uh bumping it up by a full year and and you know that that's definitely going to cause some confusion some you know potential knee-jerk reactions and so that's primarily the big takeaway i had from that and, and that's really what i wanted to address today and i think that's one of the big reasons why we're jumping on here and having this discussion also which we won't touch on too much but they've they've again made a change on their their bond buyback so they're they're going to be buying a lot more or sorry a lot less than what they have been so i think it was uh, about 3 billion they went from 4 billion to 3 billion on on the bond buyback so um we'll, we'll kind of leave that one there i mean that's a bit of a deeper conversation on what that means we've talked about that in, in a previous episode but those are the two big takeaways for me and uh and the big one is just on on rates and and getting into that yeah, and I think a big part of this, like, you know, people would read this or hear this and, and it might cause a, you know, a sense of panic and urgency if you're in a variable or a line of credit product and is it time to lock in? And we have to keep in mind that these are predictions and predictions can change just like we're seeing, you know, this week. Um, this is all based on the first quarter of 2021 um, and Canada's growth actually looking pretty well. Uh, I think there are a lot of drivers behind that. I know real estate was a big component, like across the country, real estate has absolutely boomed since COVID happened. Uh, for multiple reasons that we've talked about before but um you know just being predictions given what's going on with covid right now you know a third wave happening lockdowns potentially coming you know east uh, ontario they're on full-on lockdown so these types of things could change what we're seeing again um and and the adjustments in interest rates could be pushed out even further we just don't know yet one thing on on these uh, second wave third wave of lockdowns and and seeing now that we are in another lockdown especially in ontario it's even worse than it was when we f officially locked down the first time it's like crazy golf courses everything are closed now in ontario the one thing i noticed in another article on bnn was that the second wave and the third wave didn't have anywhere near the negative impact that the first wave had so the thought of going into another lockdown and fear of you know things changing and rates going down again because you know economy issues we, we're not seeing that this time so that was a big takeaway i've seen from all of this that, that there isn't really much fear from the economy with these other lockdowns which is a little surprising yeah and, and i think so to digest a lot of what you guys were saying there um i think there's a few things to take away based on some information that's leaked out in the last few days about this and who does it impact so the first thing is what is the communication outside and what are people hearing and what are people taking from it now unfortunately what we see is this is pretty deep information and even just as discussed on this podcast can be challenging and so generally speaking what a lot of people take this as as rates are going up today 
or they were going up really quickly and that's going to happen. And so I should lock in my mortgage or I should, you know, stop buying homes or I should be concerned about my budget and so forth. So we have to kind of look at that first and foremost and almost temper our feelings and expectations. One of the things that we talk about to our clients all the time is trying not to be emotional in our decision making and, and really look at it from an analytical standpoint. Look at the dollars, look at the cents and look at the situation. Perfect example, Dean, of what you just mentioned is there are some projections suggesting that we are seeing greater anticipation of growth because of inflation, because of real estate, because of some markets doing really well. But the flip side to that is there are still re uh, record job losses and we're now just entering the third wave in the lockdown. So a lot of this information that's being presented was from previous data, data from months in the past before we hit this new lockdown, before we hit this new wave. And so the next question would be, so we did really, really well up until say February or March where the data suggests but now going into April and May, when we're back in another little bit of a lockdown, what does that look like? What kind of step back is that? I mean, no, I know we're going to talk a little bit about what the housing market's doing right now locally and talk a little bit about kind of, you know, where is there a shift? Where isn't there? But the next question becomes, if things don't continue on at this pace, do uh, the projections get adjusted again? Uh, perfect point would be another article we were reviewing this morning on BNN, uh, suggesting that uh, the exact opposite, that economists are actually predicting the, the 2023 projection is still there and we might be pushing end of 2023 depending on where things go. So I guess my point to suggest there is basically it's too early to tell, but that was a very interesting announcement because it is a little bit different one than what they previously suggested. Any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, we in my career, my history in this career, I've always kind of found that the government will make these types of announcements and they're usually a lot earlier like they it's almost like a scare tactic to like hey this is coming like prepare for this and it usually does happen a lot earlier than it actually like than it act we actually see these changes in my experience uh being in this business so i i kind of just felt like it was kind of the normal like kind of going back to the normal where during this whole pandemic it's almost been a complete reverse like the fact that they've been so transparent and the fact that it is way out in the end of 2023 was such new like refreshing messaging that we've had from the government which we weren't used to and now this kind of just feels like a little bit back to the normal uh messaging yeah and across the board we're in a position where our government's trying to slow housing right which housing is an issue the way it is obviously it's busy and and, and there's positives for people that are in the market but there is you know, a task force working on trying to figure out how to slow down the housing market. And we saw, you know, a potential stress test adjust adjustment. And, you know, for most people out there that don't see the dollars behind it, um, when you hear about a big federal mortgage regulation adjustment, you think it's catastrophic. Like you think it's going to change the market, right? Um, really, when you dig into the numbers, it's not huge, but I think it's more of a bit of a mental block when people see that. And just like this, right? You know, the, the new stress test, potential new stress test, and, you know, we might see rates going up. Those two things could could change a lot of people's minds on whether they should be buying or, you know, uh, maybe, they, maybe they're buying something cheaper or maybe they're holding off to wait to see what happens, right? So these little scare tactics could definitely impact the market. Yeah, well said, well said. We, I mean, we were discussing this yesterday on the golf course about with the uh, the British Columbia government announcing travel restrictions, travel advisory. And and heck, I was one of the guys that canceled even even a, a small trip away, uh, even though I wasn't planning to go in any uh, uh, restaurants or anything like that. I was actually going to be hiking. Uh, but with that being said, I didn't really want to get bothered with, you know, stopped and ticketed and so forth. So canceled the trip basically immediately. And then, you know, three or four days later, realizing that, okay, these, they, this, they probably can't actually pull you over, but the media 
kind of got my mind all messed up and made me think right away, okay, I shouldn't probably do that. And so the question therefore is, and I think the point that you're making is a lot of what they're announcing, although it isn't a dramatic change or, or a very big material change, it gets people talking and thinking and it gets people doing, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to rush right away to make a decision and do something, which we've seen a little bit of that, or the opposite, which is they're going to hold off and say, oh, that's, that's big and scary. I can't do that, which is going to cool things down. And we've certainly seen that already in a few weeks, even though what we're talking to, I'd say, I don't know about you guys, but I'd say eight out of 10 talk to, there's literally zero material impact because it doesn't impact them. And a good majority of the real estate uh, agents that I talk to, uh, again, and no fault of their own, don't fully grasp who it will not it will or will not impact. Again, they probably don't know their clients' finances from that perspective, but that can mess with the way that they're thinking too. So again, that's the media impact and it's probably highly intentional. So that's a good point. So with that being said, I mean, kind of like looking at like, again, because this uh, episode realistically is to dig deep on, okay, a little bit of future projections and, and what you should be looking at doing and what you shouldn't be looking at doing. We talked a little bit about what does that mean if the bank is projecting interest rates to adjust in 2022 versus 2023. And the first thing that happens, uh, again, Dean, you mentioned this yesterday is immediately you get emails, texts and phone calls saying, okay, should I lock in my variable rate right now? Like, should I be doing that? Now, obviously, we've had a recent episode about variable rate mortgages. So guys, check that episode out if you want to know a little bit more about why you should be looking a little bit more long term. But what are your responses to that? And what are your feelings to that initially, guys? I'll jump in. I personally don't think there's any reason to lock in at this point in time. Uh, again, with just with what we just said about the messaging about that this is still towards the end of 2022 is the prediction. And again, it's only an early prediction. And then seeing the these experts contradict that and still think that we're on track for the end of 2023. Uh, my my opinion on this has not changed. I'm still very, very much pushing a variable rate for for the for a number of reasons the fact that the spread is really bigger than we've seen in a lot of years and what i mean by that is the variable rate today for a five-year variable compared it to a five-year fix with the same bank it, it's it's a pretty big spread if if anything it's it's at least a point a half percent difference and and just that alone i mean you know if you can get a year or two years out of that that rate which is very likely I mean, we're, we're talking potentially thousands of dollars over the course of those two years in savings. So for me, it just doesn't make any sense to change the mindset there. And, and I'm very much um, thinking the same way as I did before this announcement. Yeah, I think what you need to look at, too, is like you're talking about the spread, right? A lot of variables that we're placing right now, you're, you're looking at 1.4% interest rates, right? 1.4% interest rates compared to a five-year fix at 2.3 or 2.4. It's pretty close to a 1% difference between those two products. And, you know, if you're sitting at a 1.4 and you go to lock in, you have to keep in mind that you're not locking in at the 1.4, you're locking in at whatever fixed rate the bank is offering you and they have different term options. Um, but a big part that plays into this is, let's say you ride out the 1.4 and like Dean mentioned, you get two years out of that. Maybe it's only a year and a half out of that, right? Um, but when rates start to rise, nobody holds a crystal ball, but it's probably not going to be a 1% rate hike, right? It's probably going to be a 0.25% increment hike, which is going to bring you from 1.4 to 1.65. Whether that sticks around for two months or six months, you have to keep in mind, you're now still in a 1.65 compared to that 2.3 that you would have locked into, right? So you're looking at about four rate hikes to be you know, clipping that fixed rate, going a little bit higher than that fixed rate that you would have taken 
one, two, three, four years ago, right? So there's a lot of savings and, and just having these these dates and these predictions in place, we've never really had this before. So there's a lot of benefit in sticking with the variable. And there are some really good strategies that go along with that too. We have a lot of clients that will actually set their mortgage payment higher than what they should be paying, paying, but they're in the variable, right? So they might set their payment to that fixed rate payment. So they've already kind of accounted for that. They're paying down a ton of additional principal. They're saving on interest and they're just building up that buffer even further. So when rates do change, there's so much savings in that mortgage already that they really can't lose. Let's be honest here too. In addition to that, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to make this episode all about variable and fixed rates and so forth. But in addition to that, um, it's no different than investing in 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 the in the markets. Like generally speaking, unless you're a day trader or something of that nature, you're gonna let things ride a little bit, right? You're not gonna be reactive and reactionary. Uh, case in point, you know, obviously when COVID hit last year, you, you shouldn't sell off all your your stocks and investments immediately to get out. Generally speaking, I should say you gotta hang tight. You gotta hang on for the ride. And, and it's no different in the in the variable rate market here as well, because I think a lot of people don't realize the fact that one of the key reasons they usually get into it is because it is a long term play. And the other factor that people tend to forget immediately is half the time people take a variable rate or probably more is because they don't have to stress out about prepayment penalties. Um, you know, how many times a day do we have to talk to people about 25, 30, $40,000 prepayment penalties? Like that's quite literally one of the number one reasons to go variable, especially for clients who want to be able to access equity, repay uh, other debts, expensive debts, invest in real estate, these types of things. Like, again, doing variable for 10 years now, I won't go back. Yeah. I mean, it's like everything, right? Risk and reward, obviously variable. There is risk of rates going up, but if you can educate yourself enough on the product and understand, you know, timelines or predicted timelines, um, you can kind of make a decision from there. So, so really quickly on that point, like, uh, if you're having that thought, you're like, should I lock in? Should I not lock in really quick? The process, you got to reach out to your lender directly, ask them to get you their offers. Uh, if you want a second opinion, you can send the specific offers and scenario over to us and we'll let you know, again, assuming you're a client of ours, over to us and we'll let you know if it makes sense if you're looking to restructure the loan and take advantage of current rates because generally speaking if you're locking in you're not going to get best rates uh, then you can also uh, send that information over to us and we can have a quick little look at it there so longer term projections we talked a little bit about the stress test and you know it, two weeks later let's just really quickly touch on that one more time um, are, are you noticing any differences immediately because again it hasn't taken effect yet but are you noticing any difference in the marketplace and people's reactions yet Derek? Uh, I've definitely had some conversations and I think it's been misconstrued completely, right? Like I've, I've probably spoken with 20 different clients that have had some fear behind it when they've seen the news about it just because of how it's portrayed. Um, but when we run the numbers for them, it's a fairly minimal adjustment. And what I've been telling everybody as of now, you know, the mortgages that are being impacted are uninsured mortgages. So there's no mortgage insurance. And when there is mortgage insurance, the lending guidelines and, and regulation is very, very tight. So on uninsured mortgages, there's typically on a fairly strong file, there's room for exception, right? So if your qualification has decreased by $30,000, typically in that type of a mortgage, because of the down payment, because of the strength in the borrowers, we can usually get an exception if you need a little bit more money. So as of right now, I haven't seen any real dramatic impact to any of our clients, even if these changes do take place, which they probably will. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, it's more of, it's more of the media and, and the, the kind of mental block with com that comes with seeing this, right? And not knowing the numbers. 
I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, exactly the same experience that I'm having right now, which is ultimately that people are are overestimating the changes. So it, again, if you're not sure, uninsured, that's rental property, that's 30 year mortgage, uh, that's a refinance. These are the people that are mostly impacted. But uh, believe it or not, guys, like the reality is, I think going back to it, it's a marketing ploy. It's going to get people to make changes just 100% based on not understanding things. So talk to an expert first. I was talking to a client the other day and they uh, went and talked to, I guess, a teller at the bank who told them it impacted them or explained that it would. And that was their understanding of it. This client was buying with five percent down there's no impact to that client yeah like if you're buying with less than 20 percent down new and first-time home buyers keep in mind this does not impact you at all uh at all which brings me to my next point really quickly about first-time home buyers and i don't know about you derek but i've met a lot of people that are first-time buyers trying to get in the market in the last uh two or three months it's been like really 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 um I don't know why, but just, I guess maybe it's like FOMO, don't want to miss out or on the marketplace, or maybe it's just the whole pandemic, getting tired of living in your parents' house, or something like that. But uh, any, anything that you've seen change in regards to first-time buyers in the last six to 12 months, any, any hot tips, any updates, anything that you want to kind of share with that crowd? Um, I think you're right on the FOMO piece. You know, I, I think a lot of people, especially if you weren't in the market, a lot of people were watching to see what would happen with COVID. Like a lot of people thought the market might crash. So did I for a couple of days. We just didn't know. Um, but when we started to see what was happening, you know, a lot of people that were on the fence and they start to see the market pick up and then it's kind of this rush of, of buyers trying to get in as prices increased. And, you know, unfortunately, we've actually seen some first time buyers get priced out of what they could have bought eight months ago or, or a year ago. Um, and we're, I'm seeing a lot of people actually lean on family if it's available to them. Um, maybe it's getting their down payment from 5% to 20% to increase their qualification to get that detached home that has gone up and over their qualification. Um, but I've just seen a lot of family support, whether it be co-signing or increasing down payment. Uh, so that's one thing that, you know, if, if you think you're hitting a wall, have a conversation and you know it doesn't have to be a gift necessarily right you can you can uh you can lend the money from your parents you can you can pay them back when you sell the house um, but definitely exhaust all of your resources if, if you think that you can't get into the market yeah i 100 agree um also i get a question a lot of questions lately i guess it's kind of come back is that first time home buyer program that uh rebate or or i don't even know what they're calling it anymore incentive program uh i don't think we've funded a single one yet guys like it's not uh what i would consider to be an impactful in, uh, program a year and a half later i guess it was introduced uh what was that 2019 they started talking about that program i can't recall off the top of my head but still not an impactful program not a material program and here's the biggest confusion that i'm hearing about it it does not increase your purchase price it does not increase the amount that you can borrow you're, you can still borrow the maximum amount, which is exactly the same. It just slightly decreases the loan in, in exchange for giving the government some of your house. So a little bit of an interesting uh, program. I mean, there are certain situations where it makes sense, but still very, very minimal from our perspective. Last little update here. Let's talk a little bit about just some of the uh, things that we're seeing on the investment front and the investment area. With the last episode, we had uh, Michael Ponte on to talk a little bit about out-of-town investing in, in different regions. And I'd say like personally, the first quarter of the year, I saw a lot of interest from an investment standpoint in the marketplace but in the last 30 days since this whole uh you know stress test and a few of other factors uh, it's been a lot quieter um from my end on the investment front which i think is a huge mistake but uh what, what about you derek have you had any feedback or, or conversations from any of our clients who are interested in investing about what they should be looking for right now or what are you just hearing generally speaking um 
I mean, there's a lot of different situations out there. I'd say what I have, I mean, with the, with the value of properties and what's going on in the last year, it, it makes it very, very tough to create cash flow if you're doing 20% down. Like you're typically going to be losing money month over month. Um, obviously, there's uni- unique properties out there, but um, I think a lot of people are forgetting that they can look out further, right? I have some clients that are buying some properties in Chilliwack and there's great cash flow out there. Buying out of town, like you mentioned with Michael Ponte is huge. Um, I've just really, really noticed that, you know, we're not seeing that rental investment type purchase um, in and around Greater Vancouver at all right now. Yes, speculation has been the only thing that I've seen a lot of people kind of jump into, which is a bit scary for me. Uh, And that's something that actually was up in that uh, most recent announcement. Speculation, basically, if you're not really sure, is someone buying and holding on a piece of property, essentially hoping to quickly sell it and flip it in a short amount of time, sometimes not even doing any work at all. You know, recently I was uh, doing actually a podcast with uh, Jamie Garbett and Danny Duma, who have their own podcast, if you want to check it out. And uh, one of the conversational topics was, uh, should I buy a house and then add a basement suite? And what, what value would that bring if I were to resell it quickly? And with the point that we were making was that two or three years ago, realistically, it might have been worth $35,000, dollars $50,000 more, depending on the market. But in the market that we're in right now, with one of the hottest commodities being a single family detached home with a suite to provide rental income, I don't know about you, Derek, but I'm seeing houses with a strong suite go for an extra $100,000, $150,000, maybe even more in certain circumstances. So I've actually had in the last few weeks, people come calling me and saying, hey, uh, I think I want to buy a house sweet it and then flip it in 30 days what are your thoughts on that yeah it's huge and i think it it opens up this whole other window of buyers because like what we see from a qualification level is you throw a suite in a house with 1500 dollars of rent we can sometimes get people an extra 150,000 of, of a mortgage, right? So it's changing a lot of people's pre-approval and it's kind of opening up that next level of purchase price, which just, like I said, it brings another wave of buyers. And I mean, you know, you're buying a detached home in Langley for $1.3 million. Most people want to have a suite, right? So yeah, there's just a huge, huge market for it. And I think it's, I think you're bang on there. Awesome. Okay, so we went a lot of places here with this episode. We went from uh, the Bank of Canada update to what's the impact on uh, the market when it, when they, they do make those types of projections? What should you do? Should you lock in? How do you lock in? We talked a bit about, you know, what's happening in the local BC market, where you should invest first time buyer. Like literally we went everywhere, the full gamut. Um, I think we got just some closing thoughts from from Derek. And then what, I, what I'd love to know from you guys from a listening standpoint is, do you guys have, uh, do you enjoy these episodes? If you do, send us a message, send us a DM as well. It's not over yet, by the way. We just want to hear from you guys if you like these kind of update episodes. Derek, continue. Yeah, there was an interesting stat that I read this morning uh, in regards to the year of 2020, and there was $34 billion in interest savings in mortgages just in Canada alone. And that's because of obviously, you know, rates being at the at the bottom end that they've ever been. But in addition to that, people paying down more on their mortgage, taking advantage of this while we have it. So doing lump sum payments, increasing your payments by 200 bucks, right? So I think a great piece of advice is these rates are not gonna be like this forever. Take advantage of it, increase your monthly, increase your monthly mortgage payments if you can afford it. Because realistically, if you're in a fix, you guys are gonna see a, a pretty, probably dr- pretty dramatic rate increase at the end of your term. Uh, and if you're in a variable, rates will start to go up eventually. So if you can, you know, make use of this while we have it and, and pay down a big chunk of your principal, it's huge savings in the long run. 
Yeah, absolutely. Take advantage of the principle. Do what Derek mentioned. Pay it like it's a fix. Take the variables so you can save the money. Additionally speaking, get that refinance into lower rate. Open up your equity. So get the get your line of credit set up or pull the equity out right now so that you can do that, that investment of whatever nature it is. And uh, let's make some magic happen. Uh, again, uh, Derek Williamson, myself, Alex McFadden, we're the partners here at Thrive Mortgage Co. And this is what we do, guys. Help people make uh, lending decisions. We'd love to help you. If you're enjoying the show, check out the channels. YVR Remo Show, Thrive Mortgage Co. Hit us up. Have a great day. Make it a good one. We'll talk to you soon.